Greetings, troubled listeners. Welcome back to the Troubled Men podcast. I am Renee Coman, sitting in my safe house with my co-host on the phone, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, thank you for having me. What's going on? Oh, not too much, man. Yeah. It's uh, you know starting another week of of uh, social is- isolation. Um, everybody seems to be a little uh, rough around the edges. You know, some of the the uh, lack of content contact or or you know maybe just the cabin fever seems to be setting in a little bit. Um, now, well, that's true for some people, but you know, I was I was out there driving around today. And I cannot believe the amount of people who are out there. Yeah. And I just, I just think it's so stupid. These fucking people who live in this fucking city are so fucking stupid. They think they're just nothing's going to happen to them. And they're walking around with their children and yeah. their animals. <laughs> and, 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 and it's just like, don't you follow the law? You, you think you're above the law or something like that? Right. You well, know? not even the law. It's, it's, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, it's just it's 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 crazy going nuts. It's like, and none of them are wearing masks, right? And they're they're walking around in groups. Yes. And uh, you know what? <laughs> it's been nice knowing you. I guess that's all I have to say to them. Yeah, you know, because today today was one of the deadliest days of the virus in New Orleans. The or numbers came generally? out today hmm. that over a hundred people died in the last twenty four hours in New Orleans. No, in the state. In the state, okay. Yeah, you know. It's a lot, man. And well, yeah, because the day before it was only thirty-four. Really? And now it jumped up to like hundred and twenty-nine oh, in geez. twenty-four hours. Yeah, yeah, you know? it's staggering. It's awful, you know. What's you know what? Whatever. If that's what they want. Let them. You know. A nice knowing you. That's all I got to say. Well, you know, I, I did. Yeah. I have noticed being in the grocery, and and now, like at the grocery store I go to, they have the aisles all are one way, so you you don't have to pass anybody face you know facing them, and you you can stay you know six feet apart as you work your way down the aisle, and then and I'm wearing a mask and I'm doing that, and then I have seen people bring like a whole slew of like five kids between like twelve and seven into the store with them and everybody's running around coming close to you and nobody has masks on as if nothing was going on, you know, and you'd think, well, a 12 year old could watch the other several kids. You don't have to drag them all to the store with you, but I don't know. I don't know. Well, there's no childcare right now. Where, where can you drop your kid off? There's no, 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 right no, 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 it's true. But you know, you'd think like a 12 year old could watch the others. You know, they're kind of used to well, watching them, but I don't know. Maybe it's a, a day out, you know, it's a activity. Or maybe molest the others. Well, Who knows? Well, I don't know. Hopefully not you that. Know? <laughs> you know, it happens, though. Oh, yeah, it, happens. it, it does happen sometimes. Hopefully. What I find, you know, about the supermarket and trying to get you to go one way down the aisle, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not working in the supermarkets unless they're going to have somebody in each aisle because... You know, like I found myself over the weekend you know, trying to go down the aisle one way, but then I all of a sudden I realized, well, I forgot something back in produce. Okay. And I forgot something back there. So I had to, like, go back against the grain 
huh? And get what I needed. And you didn't it, want to just go to the end of the aisle and then make it up another aisle that was uh, going the well, other way. Well, I tried doing that, hmm. but everyone was in the same predicament I was. They were doing the exact same. They forgot something, right? You know? People get confused. They, they, they they're not used to doing that in the grocery store. We we haven't had to right. do that before. And then. And then when I went to check out, you know, now they have these plastic, uh, clear plastic, uh, uh, well, I don't know, not a wall, but it's, uh, it's oh, uh, like a, 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 a spit guard, kind of a divider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, the, and I went up to the one and there was like mucus all over it. it was <laughs> oh, God, disgusting. Well, that, that doesn't sound it was very disgusting. hygienic, <laughs> you know, and, and, I got to wipe those things down. The, well, you would hope, you yeah. know, you would hope they'd wipe those things down, you know? So basically I'm trying to say just like the back of those, uh, trucks, say our fire trucks or ambulances or trash mm-hmm. trucks. It says stay 500 feet away. Right. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to stay 500 feet away from everything okay. and everybody. Okay. Yeah. You know? Now, now you had to return to work today, right? Or uh, yesterday? 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 Yes. Yeah, I, I'm back to work. I'm making money, man. Well, that's... everyone's going broke. I'm making money. Well, man. that's good. That's good. Now, how was that returning to work? Was, did you feel safe oh, there? Oh, it was great. The... It was great. Uh, it's just me and two other people there in the whole place. Mm-hmm. They're keeping and their distance. I'm just. Yeah, yeah, and um, we're just uh, we're getting free lunches and. Okay. Um, and uh, I sit at my desk, and the the next desk oh, from me is about five hundred feet away. Okay. And I'm just I'm just putting in the numbers, basically. That's right on. Cool. Right on. Well, I mean, you're doing work. You actually have con- you have uh, productive work to to be engaged. Yeah, in. Yeah, I mean, the the university that I work at actually thinks think that it's going to happen that summer school and in in school in the fall is going to happen but mm-hmm. you know if they, if they want to pretend that way sure i'll, I'll you know i'll You'll go along, play with along? okay <laughs> yeah i'll play along i'll play along totally with them because i don't think it's, i mean i think it's going to happen most likely from all points around the country but it's not going to happen on campus yeah you, you think? Know? yeah it's hard oh, to- yeah they've already already summer school is already basically like stay at home. Right. Right. And, um, remote learning. Yeah. And basically, um, um, the fall, you know, that's up in the air, but just like everything in the fall, like jazz fest says they're going to be in the fall and all that kind of, I don't, I don't see that happening at all. Yeah. It's it's, it's hard to predict. You know, we never thought we'd be here, uh, two months ago. So, you know, it's, it's hard for us to not see how that would resolve in two months because it's been such a quick escalation, but we just have to see. It's, it's so hard to predict, you know? Right. I just don't see it happening. And I think if, if uh, the orange guy who's leading this country wants to get things back <laughs> going again in a month, I think, you know, uh, you know, I think that's the stupidest idea, but, you know, he's a stupid man, so... <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, you know. So, what's going on with you? Oh uh, well, I uh, you know I had to apply for unemployment this week, which was uh, the first time in my life I've ever a- applied for unemployment, and actually uh, actually got the notice that I've, I'm going to uh, they okayed me. I'm going to receive unemployment, which is a little bit of a weird wow. feeling. We're a little bit of a so weird. So, how does that for work me. for a musician? How does that work for a musician? Well, um, you know, when I first filled the stuff out online, 
they did not have the website or the questions set up for someone who gets paid with uh, 1099s at all. They had had it set up for someone who receives like uh, you know regular salary, or gets uh, pay stubs, you know, check stubs, and those kind of things. And uh, so you know, I, you have to just kind of estimate or, or figure out the way to answer the questions but what it finally came down to and there's a lot of you know they they, they initially come back with a finding that you're entitled to a benefit of zero dollars and zero cents <laughs> now cool. yeah i know i know it's exciting um but uh then you know the the stimulus package that the that the congress passed on a, on a federal level it's uh part of it is the additional $600 a week uh, of benefit from the, the federal government through state unemployment um, to, and they opened it up to people that are, are uh, you know, the, the gig economy, as they call it, people that get paid with 1099s. So it's still all kind of getting fleshed out and there's horrible stories about people getting kicked off of the, the website because it's takes so long to, to fill out the, uh, the paperwork and everything. But, you know, it's a, uh, I don't know. I, I somehow made it through, and and actually something worked. I mean, I didn't think it was, but uh, but yeah. So I guess I'm I'm on unemployment. I don't know. It feels weird. Well, you better read the fine print because you know that stimulus package. Everyone, you know, every couple twelve hundred dollars each, and then five hundred per child or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, I saw the stimulus pack i saw the the the, uh, the actual verbiage of it mm -hmm. and anyone who's going to receive that money you know is going to next year is going to have to pay back that money hmm. okay that's that's the way it works okay so if you get your stimulus package of 1200 or 2400 dollars put it in the bank and put it aside because next year you're going to have to pay it back okay they're going to take it right out of your taxes okay yeah, I feel like so, I I already paid that money in taxes to begin with, so that's okay. We'll just pass it back and forth well, every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I yeah. usually we usually get a refund. We usually get a refund. Well, because you've already and paid in, so you know it's they're they're not yeah, actually giving you free money. Yeah, I get a refund, but yeah. this whole yeah. stimulus package is free money. It's not free. Right. Well, it so, never is. There's no free lunch, Manny. That's what they say, right? Yeah. Well, I had a free lunch today. Oh, that's right. Okay. Well, you know, they're wrong. That's, uh, you know, those, that's, that's the, uh, the exception that proves the rule, I guess, as I say. Yeah. Well, should we get our guest in here? He's, he's, uh, he's sure. hanging here with sure. us. Um, you know, we, we've, we've kind of been sneaking up on this guest uh, over the, the course of the podcast. We, we had his brother, the great Andre Michaud. We had his partner in the, the band Pogatry, uh, Spider Stacy. Oh. And uh, so our guest is, uh, he started the band uh, Lost Bayou Ramblers with, with his brother Andre. Um, he's uh, their, you know, Grammy-winning uh, Cajun band. He's a singer, fiddle player, um, songwriter. He also plays in bands like uh, uh, Misho's Melody Makers, and he has a record label that they're, they've been releasing a, a bunch of records on himself and, and some other groups. So without further ado, Mr. Louis Misho. Welcome, Louis. Hello. Hey. Been enjoying uh, what's, what's up, Chevrolet? <laughs> so so like your brother, when you went to the Grammys, you weren't really at the Grammys. You were in another theater, right? Well, okay, well, there's two, there's a precast, which is where they, they announced the first hundred categories. And then there's the big show, they released the 
top 10 categories. Right. But fun, right. yeah, oddly enough, we went, I mean, the, the pre-show, see, we went 10 years previous and the pre-show was a lot smaller. It was more like being in the comp in like the uh, convention center. Mm -hmm. But this yeah. time it was like David Letterman and we had Zach Brown and uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, and wow. Like, uh, Paul Schaefer band was, so it was like much more like an awards ceremony. Uh -huh. So from then they shuffle you. Well, when you win, they shuffle you backstage for all this media and stuff. And then you go to the big show. We never even got to walk the damn red carpet. We yeah. would have had like a whole, I don't know. They just shuffled us around and stuff. But anyway, we went to the show and it was like hard to even sit there for the show. Cause we were so excited to have already won. <laughs> so we just got up after Kendrick Lamar, we got up and walked out and, Went and partying on our own. Nice. <laughs> we were on both sides, but you know. Nice, nice. Well, <laughs> so so Louis, when all when all this uh, shutdown happened, you guys were actually out on the road with with Pogatry, uh, which was you had you. Uh, so it was the Lost Bayou Ramblers backing up uh, Spider Stacy and Cato Reardon from the Pogues. Yep. And yep. I, I saw the New Orleans show right before y'all took off on tour at, at oh, Tipitina's. Cool. And man, it was so great. And and it sounded so great in Tipitina's. I'm sure you've played there before. Don't you think the sound in Tipitina's, is, they really fixed it? Now it sounds really good on stage. It sounds good out in the room. Yeah, I definitely think they've made some positive adjustments. They did pull out that beam with the basketball goal. Yes. Which I don't know. I think they were just, oh, it was kind of getting away um, uh, of your eyesight. When I'm right, looking sight for that, lines. That word. Sight uh, lines, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Visually. <laughs> right. But, uh, but apparently the previous show, which was in December, I took a shot with the bas uh, deflated basketball off the goal. Didn't get too close. I hit the goal at least, but I didn't make it. Okay. But apparently that was the last shot taken on the basketball goal because they took it out the next week. Oh, all right. Historic. Historic shot. It would have been nice if I would have made it, but hey, at least Sure, sure, sure. Well, you hey, can... so why why was Letterman at the Grammys? Oh, just to, to announce. To uh, He was announcing oh. some, of the, um, some of the winners. Like ours was Zach Brown, and so he did like five categories, the folk and the Americana and the regional roots, which is ours, so. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson did some of them, like the spoken word and the uh, okay. audio book and all that. Who is Zach Brown? Zach Brown is that uh, he's a he was a country star who wore a little beanie oh. for a while. Oh, right, 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 he wore, right. He wore a beanie and he had like some kind of like Margaritaville hits. That is. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. He had a top hat on that night, though. Okay. <laughs> So so and they played Hey Pocky Wait. No, they played Oh hmm. Oh they played Big Chief when we walked up. Uh, oh, okay. Paul Band. Oh, all right. All right. Oh, well, you know I we have to rewatch because the the memories are too faded to even remember. Yeah. You know, Paul uh, Schaefer Paul Schaefer is a really good guy. I got to know him a little bit oh, really? in the eighties. Okay. Really? The roaring eighties? <laughs> yeah. Well, I used to work in the entertainment business, uh in uh film and video and TV production back in the 80s and and uh, this is uh, when Letterman was Schaefer's late night show was really big and remember that uh, in the 80s uh, the homeless people finally realized that there were homeless people they weren't hobos anymore they were just homeless uh -huh. yeah. Yeah, it was a step up it was an upgrade yeah <laughs> well, I don't know what, what, what blue, but, yeah. <laughs> but um, 
I worked for HBO at the time, and we did these benefit shows called Comic Relief. Sure. raise money for the homeless. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And um, I was working for this production company, and we were helping produce the show, and we were, I worked on the location crew that, because uh, they had to show the live show with Whoopi Goldberg, Billy Crystal, Robert Williams, and a thousand stand-ups. But there were some comedians who didn't want to do stand-up. They wanted to do like some location sketch comedy stuff. Mm-hmm. And Letterman was one of those guys. Mm. So we got Letterman and Paul Schaefer and Chris Elliott. Do you remember Chris Elliott? Who was sure. one of Letterman's writers? Yeah. Well, they decided to come to L.A. from New York to film this little comedy bit, you know, part of the show. And I was the location manager on this thing. Oh, okay. And it was the funniest thing because one of these PAs that was working, a production assistant that was working for me, had this mm-hmm. crush on Paul Schaefer. <laughs> and I said, okay, I'm going to give you, I'm going to throw you a solid. You're going to pick up <laughs> Schaefer at, his, at the Beverly Hills Hotel and take him out to the location in Malibu, which was near Letterman's house, and where we're going to film this little sketch out in the woods, out in the Malibu mountains. All right. Well, Paul Schaefer, she picks up Paul Schaefer in her car. It's not like a rental car. It's her car. Mm-hmm. She takes him all the way out to the Mount, Santa Monica Mountain now, and um, we film the whole sketch. It goes into the wee hours, like 10, 10 11 o'clock at night. Turns out to be hilarious. Um, and her job is now to take Schaefer back to his hotel. Well, I don't know what she was thinking. She thought maybe, you know, maybe uh, she can bust a move on him or something like that. Well, instead of going south towards L.A., she starts going north towards Santa Barbara. <laughs> and so he's in this car with her. And before you know it, they're like three hours north. Oh, Jesus. You know, before they realize that they're going the wrong way. <laughs> and, and Paul Schaefer, a great guy, got, met him on the set. He was very you know, nice, polite to everyone like that. He didn't say a thing. He didn't say a thing. He didn't say a thing. Get back finally to the Beverly Hills Hotel. He said, uh, you're never going to drive for me again to, that, to Terry, the girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the Paul Schaefer story. But right. He's a great guy. I think he's a great musician, too. Nice. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, a good band definitely. leader. Good band leader, man, for sure. Definitely. So, so, so y'all were out there on tour in the Northeast. And you and the shows were a bunch of them were sold out the the poetry shows, and uh, yeah. and then then the whole thing got shut down right in the middle of the tour. My gosh, we went from like you know all to none to like you know 100 miles an hour of. It was a great little tour. Our last show was in New York. Got to see a bunch of my friends, and it was already starting to be weird. You know, uh-huh. it was already like the sound man was in a like couldn't focus and that, and it was all just like should we be more precaution it was mm-hmm. it was uh may 8th so it was you know early on but you uh mean march yeah. 8th i'm sorry yeah <laughs> see, see what i mean right right <laughs> so, yeah. they're all blending <laughs> into the to the next yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we got home and then we're like you know we're like is this next tour gonna happen and the day before we just all just pulled the plug and a great decision you know so i mean but luckily the first half was just an amazing note to end on with uh poetry because man they haven't played in what 10 years yeah. we you know we've played a lot in new york and stuff so dc and all that it was a great 
great little run. And then, you know, the next half was rescheduled for July, but I'm not sure if that's going to happen. I mean, who knows? All bets are off right now. I mean, who, like y'all were saying earlier, I mean, who just, it's just, you can't even make plans right now. So, right. Let's just do podcasts. Yeah, yeah, podcasts. And <laughs> something you're doing is is you started releasing uh, a bunch of material on your Nouveau Electric Records label that 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 you're the artistic director of, and and so so you have like three records that are kind of coming out in a group here. You want to talk about those? Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. It's funny because I had already planned to have these three releases happen in April and more in May. I'd already planned that in February, uh, not at all thinking that this would happen. Mm -hmm. And then boom, it was like perfect timing for me to just sit on my butt, work on my computer, something that would have been a, a stretch to for me to pull off in the middle of all these tours in the spring right. festival season. I mean, I had 25 gigs canceled in, uh, second in between the second half of March and all of April. Right my biggest spring in a few years. And, uh, so it just so happened that I ended up having a lot of time to work on it. So it's been, it's been a great, uh, great, you know, a great thing to keep me, to keep me going and keep me focused. And, uh, I'm glad I can be able to dedicate a lunch of time to these releases. The, uh, so Nubo electric records is something I've been wanting to do for a while. And I actually made the decision, uh, New Year's Day on uh, January, uh, January, New Year's Day on 2018. And uh, that was actually after we had been nominated, but we hadn't won yet. So I had already started the label before we even went to the Grammys and all that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't make my first release until like uh, August was the first uh, single. But, you know, I've been thinking for a few years about doing this. And it's just, you know, it's a big decision. It's like when you're ready, when you go, you got to. Be ready to give it your all. So right. uh, I did that in 2018, and then I uh, put my first single out in August, my first LP out in September, and just been kind of rolling steady since then. But I've had a bunch of stuff that's been lined up that I've been ready to release. I said, okay, you know what? I'm just going to – I've been working on a new website with some people helping me. So, you know, I go, this is a labor of love. It's a side project. It takes it takes time. You know, you just got to let it, let it do its thing right. You can't rush it. Right. And I finally got the new website up. And running, so I was like, "Well, look, I'm going to celebrate the new website with some new releases, and I've been meaning to get these releases out." So I had it planned up, so I launched the website uh, April 4th with the first release that was Johnny Campos's solo uh, ambient steel record, a project he calls Weeks Island. And Johnny is, of course, the Ra uh, Ramblers' guitar player for Lost by Ramblers, right? And he uh, he had he had recorded this. Uh, album when we were on our hiatus after winning the grammy and uh he it's a really cool just all ambient steel people are loving it it's getting getting a lot of plays on Bandcamp and a lot of you know downloads and spotify and all that and then uh man i listen the next i listen to that right? let me say stop right there i listened to that record today and it's very trippy man <laughs> It's, it's nice. It's, if, if any of you that that like psychedelics out there, this is a great record to listen to, because <laughs> yeah, you, you don't even need to take them. You feel like you're on psychedelics just <laughs> just listening to the record, man. I felt like I was tripping. I was trying to read, and suddenly I what? realized I hadn't read a word in about five minutes. <laughs> Good. So let me ask you, man. Like uh -huh. a lot of the, like a lot of our past guests the last couple of weeks, they're all musicians, and they're all out of work, and but they've some of them have been doing like some uh, streaming or whatever they call it, or Live Venmo streams. kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah. 
Have you thought about doing that? Are you that broke or do I've you need the money? Oh, I mean, look, I have three kids. I had, I mean, I lost, I can't even tell you how much, how much money I'm not making that I was supposed to make right. these few months. Cause these are my big months. Yeah. You know? This is, this is a festival and, season. Uh, yeah. 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 And I've just made some investments and, you know, I have a family and, uh, Investments well, did you house, file so. for unemployment? Yeah, uh, I did. I did. And luckily I had like I heard y'all talking about earlier with the whole 1099 thing. And I was going to ask because my drummer Kirkland and in, in two of my bands, uh, he had he got denied today. So I'm going to tell him to check that out again because the whole 1099 thing. I'm lucky to have one W2 because I booked the bands at Bayou Tesh Brewing. Mm-hmm. So that got me through, and it only got me like a hundred something dollars a week. But then it would get me to the Fed part, right? You know? So, so that's good. And then I have been doing a lot of uh, live streaming. In fact, I did three this weekend. Oh, um, different one with Langhorn Slim on Amazon Music Luck Reunion, which is a Willie Nelson deal of sorts. Okay. And then I did um, actually right when it right when it happened. See, I'm a busker. I'm I come from my background besides being the family show and learning from my brother Andre and all that is I played on the streets by myself for years. Really? Uh all over the place. New York, a lot, a lot in New York. Um I, I hitchhiked across eastern Canada for three months huh. doing it I, uh, when I was like nineteen, you know, a lot a lifetime ago basically. Right. <laughs> but uh but I love playing on the streets. I did New Orleans a lot. So I was, so I just, I just popped my fiddle case open. I put my Venmo account in information in the fiddle case Yeah. and I played and I made, I did really well the first time people just, you know, amazing amount of support would made me feel really good and yeah. helped me, you know, help me calm my, my, my mind down a little bit. Cause I do, I got three, three children. My wife luckily is a, a teacher. She teaches French at the local high school over here. Uh-huh. So she just went back to work, which is a great timing, luckily. Yeah. But um, yeah. So yeah, I've been definitely doing all of that, everything I can, signing up for all the grants with like the Jazz and Heritage Foundation. Right. Uh, they did one in Lafayette called "Lost My Gig" through mm, ACA okay. and uh, social entertainment. Yeah. So I mean, just everything I can to keep something coming in because man, do you like Popeye's chicken? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we had a guest a few weeks ago that was doing a stream, and someone sent him fifty dollars with a Popeye's chicken. <laughs> yes, Guys. yes, yeah. Who was I'm, that I mean, today? That was a uh, Dick Deluxe. Yeah, I think a, fe- a, a fella from Australia might have sent him fifty dollars worth of Popeye's chicken, as a, as I recall wow. the story went. That's yeah, those, pretty awesome. Those man. those three kids like to eat I, every day, huh, Louie? Not just sometimes, oh every my day. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> talk about some appetites, man. Especially when three. they're home, when they're having yes. to be quarantined. That's all they do. Right. That's all they do. Yeah. I mean, they're growing like some weeds. Yeah. Awesome, but man, I mean, yeah, it's a it's a it's an interesting time. I, Oh yeah. Well, you know, I, I spoke- where do you live? Where are you living? I live way out in the middle of nowhere, actually. Uh, <laughs> it's called La Prairie de Femme, and it's near Arneville, Louisiana. Uh, uh, no, 20, 20, 30 minutes from downtown Lafayette. Okay, I have no idea. Saint <laughs> yeah, Saint Landry Parish. That's the whole point. Is you know. You know, I, I went. To, okay. I, I, saw, I saw your label is based in Arneville. I went to the summer program when I was a kid. And it was from kids from all over the state. And one of the guys was from Arneville. 
and I Mm-mm. don't I don't even know his name because all we ever called him was Arneville. <laughs> nice. Was, I bet he was it was apparent he was from Arneville, huh? I, I yeah I I I didn't I'd never heard the word before I got there and he was like a year a, or two older than me and like this is Arnaville I'm like okay hey man <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a it's a cool little town it's a tiny little town it's one square mile hmm. and it has like a thousand something full time residents it's kind of beca- it's funny because I bought some land out here uh, uh, seventeen years ago. And, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm 10 minutes from Arneville, so I'm even way out, you know, way out from there. Okay. But, uh, when I finally finished building my house and my wife and I moved in, we realized that there was a scene in Arneville. We had no idea. We didn't even know we were next to all. We were just like in the middle of the country. That's what I wanted. And, uh, so then we're, and then, so we heard about this art scene in Arneville and we go to this place called new news and it's this whole arts renaissance going on. They're doing like, um, a lot of French stuff and like it's a very very high French speaking town which is great because mm-hmm. my wife and I both are you know into that and we speak French and we learn we're con- continual students of it right and um and so yeah so it's a kind of amazing uh coincidence that we moved right next to it and yeah there's this huge scene like a few years ago the mayor of Paris came to new news wow no kidding <laughs> they 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 got all five cars in Arneville repainted and they, they put to protect and serve in French, fier à protéger et uh, prêt à servir. And they were all five cop cars were out there blocking traffic on Highway 93. And the mayor of Paris came up in a little motorcade and came in and shook her hand. And oh, everything wow. Was back when you could say, Is there a gay bar in Arneville? Good question, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did they open it up for the mayor? Uh, well, she, oh, is she Paris. Gay? What's that? I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we have no idea. Yeah, we try not to talk about people's personal lives here, but uh, who knows what goes on behind closed doors. There's a bar in Arneville called Cajun Image Lounge. Hmm. Uh, It's, you know, for the whole Cajun Image. Like, if that's, you know, if you're into the Cajun Image, it's the Cajun Image Lounge. Okay. It's closed now, but the the sign is great. You know, Cajun Image Lounge. Can you imagine? Right, right. Pretty awesome. (laughs) Well, so so that that first record that that you're talking about that's coming out now is that, that week. Weeks Island record, and then then you have a, a release that's drawn from your your residency at John Zorn's uh, space up in New York in the Lower East Side. Yeah, well, uh, okay, so the the John the Johnny Campos Weeks Island, uh, and then next last Friday was a uh, Soul Creole, which is a band that my wife, who is not my wife in the band, she's another artist. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, okay. she's uh, she's Ashley Misho, the artist. Okay. She's an, I mean, a multi, multi-disciplinary and multi-level uh, artist on her own, right? Oh, cool. Writer and painter, photographer, songwriter, all this stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, she, she, uh, her and I and Corey Ledette, the accordion dragon, who y'all should, y'all should have on the podcast one yeah, day. Yeah, man. Uh, he's an awesome, I mean, this guy is possibly one of the best accordion players in the world. He's so badass. And nice. he, uh, so we started this band in 2012 called Soul Creole, and it's kind of like he's a Zydeco player. I'm more Cajun, you know, and mm-hmm. and it kind of just takes it all and mixes it up. But we do all these. We just have this free flow performances where we do like Zydeco and Cajun and French and accordion and fiddle. And we do, but we're going to like 80s covers and then modern pop covers in the middle of like this old French song. And yeah, we just all improvised, <laughs> super nice. fun. I mean, people, people, and it really kind of blew up quick. So much so that we had to actually stop it in 2015 because 
it was kind of getting in the way of raising our family. Okay. And, uh, and we brought it back last year and we released our first physical, our first re- release uh, last Friday. And it's a song called Toiron that Ashley wrote. And it's about, uh, it's about a lot of things, really cool lyrics. Uh, and it, we did a, the single and we did a dub remix on the side B. So it's a 45 that's being pressed at New Orleans record press right now. Okay. You know, it already came out, you know, it's, it's like, it's a, it's a, I was going to say Katrina, it's COVID lag. Yeah. You know, right. Sure. Time sure, is sure. Nothing, but yeah, uh, it's a construct. So that was last Friday. <laughs> and that's our first 45 with the label, uh, which will be cool because it's, uh, I made like a, our artist, Bert Durand, who's the label's artist made like a, template for the all the 45s so they have a sleeve they have a center label and it's in the kind of art deco nouveau electric style and it's it's just a blank it's got like side blank catalog you know ner nouveau electric records catalog uh-huh. number blank right and everything's blank with all this art so we're going to hand write all the soul creole toiron side a side b oh, okay. and on all 500 records and uh all right so it'll be very custom limited edition nice and uh yeah and then so uh and so that band we were supposed to be playing a bunch right now as well <laughs> we yeah. were supposed to be playing festival uh french quarter fest in two nights right and on and on but yeah uh, that's this weekend that was supposed to be coming coming right yeah. off right i, I know, I know <laughs> we were I supposed know. to play festival international we were supposed to play crawfish fest we were supposed to go to portland uh, so let me ask you something yeah. my yeah. maybe my hearing's going bad would you say twat on nah mm. nah uh <laughs> yeah, I said trois rangs. Trois, oh. I, I don't expect you to understand it, but it, it is it means three three rings or three mm. rows or three rounds. It's a very um okay. a very multi level lyric metaphor, uh, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's like the Trinity, it's okay. like three or the three instruments in the fiddle triangle accordion. It goes on and on and it and it actually does go on and on in the lyrics and it's uh it's super cool. And part of it's inspired by Ashley wrote the song and it's uh, inspired by this radio show she listens to called Tasta Cafe, which is a French radio show in her native Ville Platte. She's from Ville Platte. Okay. And it plays like four or five times a week, this radio show. And she listens to it all the time and gets these amazing stories and amazing French terms that these people use that are like sometimes hundreds years old that, that a modern French person would never understand. Right. So, Coll- colloquialisms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, super cool stuff. I mean, stuff that goes back to like Spanish silver and, you know, like nice. and it, and it, yeah, super cool. I mean, all kind of sayings that you really have to know what, the, what it means, you know, it's, and it, and it's beautiful. And you've done a lot of research into that stuff, like in, in the, the documentary, the film uh, about you guys, which I'm not going to try to pronounce, En Va Continuer. I don't know. Yeah, En Va Continuer, yeah. Uh, okay, no, I wasn't far off. But uh, not the, too bad. In, in, in that, it shows you uh, going around and visiting a lot of older neighbors and, and collecting a lot of these, these folkways that, you know, are these songs and stories and folk remedies and that sort of thing so yeah definitely talk about that a little um, bit man that's i mean i I love that you were doing that because because without people collecting that that stuff you know will especially like something like this is kind of health catastrophe where we're losing the older generation and a a larger a larger percentage you know that that information will be gone forever if people don't collect it for real man no that's and that's you know when i started like learning french i was about 18 19 and it became, you know, it became this whole, 
you know, first you got to get the base, which is why I had to travel to Canada to kind of get the base because it's really hard to get the base here. It'd be like yeah. trying to learn Spanish with no one to talk to, you know, right, or, right. or just by, you know, and so you got to go somewhere where like you got to go to Mexico. So mm-hmm. I went up to this little program in Canada for five weeks that hundreds of people from my generation have gone to to learn the base. And then it's up to you to continue it. So after that, I came back and I, um, I went and I, uh, I went I went and talked to all the people I know down here who speak French. I just made it a point to continually, continually learn. And I learned, you know, from people that speak Creole. I learned that from people that speak certain. There's so many dialects, but, you know, all these different. Just everyone has a different dialect, basically. Right, right. <laughs> and I learned from, and so you know, and that, and then that leads to a deeper understanding of well, there's a lot of information that is kind of only in French, and like, hmm. there's a lot of things you only understand if you speak French. Yeah, and certain concepts, whole, nuances that uh, don't yeah, really yeah, translate. Whole, yeah, totally. A whole other side of the of hmm. history and the culture, and I mean, it, it really, it's just like so many words that never made it through into English and then vice versa, where a lot of words that are English because there was never a need, there was never a French word for computer, yeah, you know, sure. so, and no one's going to France to check the new dictionary, you know? So it's right. like, it's, and then there's a lot of native American words and Spanish words and it's a pure Louisiana mix. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and so, so it's definitely become a passion of mine. My wife as well, like I was saying, she's, she teaches it in high school. She teaches like a standard French, but also with a local emphasis, which is great because the Arneville Grancato kids, they, they have families who speak French, so they can, it brings them closer and it allows them a start to learn from their families, which is super important because that's really how it's passed down. And, uh, Yes, I mean it's it, it's it's definitely multi level. I mean, uh, you know, the music is of course is the biggest vehicle for the language, but uh, it goes it goes it's just a so part of it. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's exactly. multifaceted. It's just it's a beginning, and then from there you get exactly to all the other levels and why. And yeah, all my a lot of my neighbors out here speak French, and it's great. And uh, you know, it, it's a beautiful thing. And like you say, it's. <laughs> You never know like how much it's going to change over the years and decades, but I feel like in my twenty years, it hadn't changed a lot. I, I hope that like I feel like it's, you know, I, but I do see a generation that I'm comfortable with getting older. So, you know, that might be something that I'll have to look back on and say, wow, like you know, if, uh, if I remember when. But you know, I think that there will always be enough of a continuation, which is on va continuer, right. you know. Uh, continuation of people learning for themselves and people that, you know, but that, that the tricky part is the how many people learned it maternally as their first language and do have all these old words from actually using them. Uh-huh. Because the other thing that happens is it gets simplified and it gets like, you know, if you learn just for the music, you know, you're only using a certain vocabulary. Right. You're not using farming words and traveling words and cooking words and, you know, all these things. So, mm-hmm. You know, it really kind of comes out of necessity and using them that to really get that full spectrum of the language and the languages. So, right. very interesting thing. But it's, uh, you know, it's what's completely informed my life and kind of determined the path of my life and allowed me so much, so much opportunity. I just did a, uh, I just did a whole series of videos with Rosetta Stone actually for 
for you know the for Cajun French for the Cajun French dialect or for the for the lang- yeah. language program. Yeah, they That's wanted so cool. they wanted to start uh, like showing people where they can practice or learn languages locally in America. Hmm. So they started with J- Japanese in Seattle. They had this Jap this chef in Seattle bring them to different Japanese areas and stuff, and then uh, and then next they came to me in Louisiana and I brought them to do some different things around Arneville and, you know, did a series of little vignettes and stuff. So small, nothing like a whole, not like a whole course or nothing, but just like an introduction. Right. Right. Nice. Well, you know, Louis, the, uh, I love this story, man. Um, you, we always take a little break in the middle of the Troubled Men Wait, podcast. Wait, let me ask a question. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right, man, he's got a question. All right, all right, all right. So are, what, what's the deal with the French and their bathing habits? We always hear about that. Is that the same with the Creole French and their bathing habits? Um, well, I think... I, th- uh, I think you're talking about France, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, it, that doesn't uh, actually, translate, right? You, you're, you oh, gotta... bathing habits. You mean not lack of bathing habits? Well, yeah, yeah that's what he means. <laughs> I thought you were like nude beaches or something. No, 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 uh, no, no. Hygiene. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't. Uh, I've been to France and I've experienced that, but no, that's. This is American French. Right, right, right. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Everybody's got soap and water, speaking running of, water. Right, 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 right. Speaking of before we break, I know I've been wanting to ask you mm-hmm. the Chevrolet thing. Is that that's a Louisiana name? No. Is that like a given? Um, is it? Tell me about it. Manny's from L.A. I'm from okay, Los cool. Angeles. Okay. Well, I was and, curious. Uh, yeah. I yeah. won. I, it I won. French. The, I won. The, I won the name. I won the name in a poker game. Ah, okay, okay, cool, cool. And I was curious because, yeah. yeah, I was curious if you were actually a Chevrolet because. Well, no, he is I actually realized, Manny Chevrolet. <laughs> but go ahead. Oh, nice. Yeah, no, yeah. I realized recently uh, after reading this book by Ned Sub, the Louisiana author, mm-hmm. he was talking about um, Detroit, you know, and how Detroit is a French name, Detroit, and okay. Cadillac is a French name, and Chevrolet. So, you know, the reason that all these cars are named well as they are is because that was part of like Louisiana. That was part of the French, uh, you know, the French territory near Canada and all that. And at the time, so I was like, wait, why? Yeah. Cadillac and Chevrolet and a bunch more Detroit, you know, like I said, but. Just curious if you were like, I just was curious what your story with that was because yeah. never <laughs> no, met, never met a Chevrolet. It's a very <laughs> simple story, but uh, where does Ford come from then? Well, that's a whole another. That's a whole story. different ball of wax. Yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so yeah, I was going to say we always take a little break to to make another cocktail, Louis. So um, can we? You, you care to have another cocktail? Because I know uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I can't I'm, see Manny's drink, drinking. but I know it must be empty because mine is. So uh, mine, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm with y'all. Let's right. make it make another round. I'll be we'll, right back. we'll come right back. Perfect. Me all right, too. we'll leave it all open. Okay, and we're back. Back with Mister Manny Chevrolet. Back with our guest, Mister Louis Michaud. Mm-hmm. So everybody's got another cocktail. Yeah. Oh yeah. You did you go for a single <laughs> or a double, Manny? Does it, what does it matter? I guess it doesn't. <laughs> just curious. Just curious. Uh, I would say mine somewhere in that range. It's one of those. I'll let you, you figure out which one it is. We, we often explain to the listening audience that, you know, we have the, uh, the cocktail fun. You can support the Troubleman podcast by uh, clicking on that link there and, and uh, you know, buy Manny a drink. And uh, God knows, you know, we can all use one these days. 
So, you know, if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and, and uh, you know, support us, uh, you know, buy around for the, for the yeah, trumpet Yeah, but man. In since we're in quarantine, how's that going to happen? Um, well, you know, we still have ongoing expenses, you know, even under quarantine, uh, the, the, uh, the host company, the podcast host company still wants to get paid every month. So uh, we're continuing to pay our bills, uh, you know, so, so it's, and we're continuing to produce content. So, uh, you know, uh, not everything has stopped, thankfully. Thankfully, I have something to look forward to, you know. So, so Louie, you, you know, I noticed you, you stay very busy with all these projects, projects upon mm -hmm. projects. And, and I, I could overhear when you were, when I called you, spoke to you briefly earlier today, I could hear all the activity in the background. And I thought to myself, well, maybe he stays so busy with these projects to give himself a, an excuse to get out of the house. Um, Is that true? Uh, well... I mean, you know, it, it's a it's a part of the balance. We can okay. say, you know, uh, you know, sometimes like I'll be gigging, gigging, gigging. I just can't wait to get home. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll be home, home, home. Can't wait to go play a gig. Right. You know, it's nice to have a balance, but uh, yes, obviously there's not much of that these days. No, so no. Luckily, I live out in the country on acres, and it's blackberry season. So our balance right now is. Once you've done, you know, do whatever we do inside, we go pick blackberries. Mm, I love blackberries. It's one of my favorite Ooh. berries. Oh, my God. And the dewberries right now. And the mm. blackberries are lined up. It's so good, man. Mm. You ever make any uh, liquor out of that stuff or do any canning? I know that's that. I made, I made some wine last year. I made really? a dewberry wine, blackberry wine. I made muscadine wine. Wow. I made, we make cherry bounce out the little, uh, the little choke cherries, the little, Hog cherries and little bitty ones, and uh, you you put that with it's like an old Cajun recipe. Hmm. A lot of people's grandparents made you put sugar, whiskey, and cherries, and you let it age until Christmas because they're right around June. You let it age until Christmas, and it makes this amazing cherry liqueur. Oh, it's so good! It's like medicinal. Wow, nice, nice man. So, <laughs> so you want to talk about the your the uh, the residency that you did at at uh, at, at the Stone? Up there yeah, in, the, so, in the Lower East Side, and go ahead, yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, so you know, this of course is leading up to this week's release, which is called "The String Noise." But I will talk about the whole residency and then go back to that. Okay. Um, in uh, well, it's 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 actually cool because this resident this week's release, "The String Noise," is my second release from the twelve sets I did at the residency. And the cool thing about this one is that this is kind of how I got the residency because we were playing with Gordon Gano, the Violent Femmes, a good bit in oh, like right. between 2010 and 2013, 14. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, I was up in New York and uh, I went to have coffee with Gordon. We were just catching up. hadn't seen each other in a while. And he said, hey, I want you to come meet these two violin players. I think you'll like them a lot. So we went to their house, Pauline Kim and Conrad Harris who later went to form a band called String Noise with just them two. They are phenomenal, amazing violin players that play music you wouldn't even believe is possible. Hmm. I mean, so so they brought me to the, his, their, his, brought me to their apartment. I met him, and he's like, hey, what did y'all think about doing violent fems tunes on four violins? Hmm. I said, I mean, yeah, we all like that. That's great because... <laughs> You know, I've done it with him. They've done it, so we know the songs. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we went to the Rockwood Music Hall the next night, and Pauline Kim was performing num these new compositions by John Zorn. And John Zorn, of course, is a 
avant-garde, um, way out, you know, way next level composer. Mm-hmm. And this stuff she was playing, I'm telling you, like, at first I'm like, dude, it sounds amazing, but there's no way that she's reading that with on that piece of paper in front of her. And then, then her partner, Conrad Harris gets up and they're both doing it in sync. And you're like, yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> what is this? And then, so I didn't know what it was still for a while. Then we got up and we did four violins doing uh, violent films. So it was like, went from this way wild avant-garde minimalist stuff to violent films. And, um, and then, so turns out that was John Zorn compositions. It turns out John Zorn was there. And so, uh, like a year or two later, he referred someone to me to play a wedding. And, uh, oh. and, uh, so I played this, played this wedding and, uh, and I said, I asked the, the guy, I said, oh, John Zorn referred you to me. I said, John Zorn. And I had to like think of who is that? How do you I know, know the who name? That is, right, right, right. Yeah. And then because I didn't even know that Pauline was playing his music that that first night. Uh-huh. So I said, well, could you mind giving me John Zorn's email so I can thank him? And he said, oh. yeah, sure. This guy's a famous tattoo artist from from down here uh, who married this actress and it was their wedding. So um so I emailed John Zorn to thank him. He said, well, let, next time you're in New York, uh, let me know. and We'll go have some lunch. So I did. And like a year or two later, we finally, our schedules finally synced up while I was in New York. And uh, I went and had lunch with him. And he told me about these residencies and invited me. And so, and this was in 2000, just like in January 2015. And he said, yeah, he said, but we book out, you know, a year and a half advance. So I took the first one that was available, which was, uh, May 30, like May 30th of 2016. Mm. So he explained to me, yeah. So the thing about this is, this is the, it's this, it's his venue called the stone. And at the time it's closed now because they moved it to this thing called the new school. But this original venue is a corner on Avenue C and second street. Ah, it's it's a nice like corner. It used little, to be a great corner. Yeah, it's not not totally, not what it, totally. you know, it, uh, lower East side is cool now, but I got to tell you, it used to be cooler. <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, you know. Right, Manny? I, yeah, yeah, hey, so this John Zorn guy, mm-hmm. does he does he have a brother named Z- Jim? John and Jim, man. They're a dude. No, I have no idea. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, there was a NFL quarterback named Jim Zorn. Hmm. Oh, yeah, probably. Back he was a minimal, minimalist quarterback. He did a lot of avant-garde plays and stuff. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I like it. I like it, Andre. I mean, uh, Louis. So, so him out real good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so sorry. two girls who were the violin players or the fiddle well, it's, players? It's a, it's a, well, it's a girl and a guy, and they're a, a couple, oh. but heterosexual uh, right 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 well again uh, we don't care about that Louis. it's we're not right, you know, uh, we're not we're not we're pauline you're not assigning yeah, Paul, any she has a, pauline has a sister christine and they oh. turns out then played with them later with wordless music orchestra which was the beasts of the southern wild oh, uh, okay. performances and they're but these these girls are both like top caliber you'll see them on saturday night live like backing up you know whoever the guest is and all right. that so uh but uh, so he so he said, yeah. He said, do you come to this venue? And I had never been there. I mean, until I got there to play. But he explained to me when we were having lunch. He said, you know, you do you do twelve performances in six days, but there's no bar, there's no tickets, there's no nothing. There's one volunteer that unlocks the door. Hmm. You set up your own sound. There's some there's some equipment there. You set up your own sound. 
bring whatever else you need and it's 20 bucks to get in. That's it. And so, uh, and he said, the other thing is there's, these are 12 shows that cannot repeat any material. Wow. So that's his stipulation. Challenging, pretty, pretty, uh, you know, yeah. Pretty steep hill to climb there. Yeah. 12 shows of material. So I'm thinking, okay, all right, I'm, I'm down. Let's do it. So, uh, uh, so I, I kind of just started with all my bands. And you and have we, to pay 20 bucks? You have to pay. You get to pay 20 bucks. No, he means you. You. No, no. no they didn't me. charge you. That no, no. That no. Was, <laughs> was, was free for okay. you to play, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So so what I did was, I mean, I was coming from, I'm, I think there was, uh, there's never been like a French Louisiana musician invited to do this. It's always, you know, the jazz world. Right. Uh, avant-garde world mm-hmm. a lot of them who are already in new york or you know they might be there and it's a different but i'm here coming up with like you know 13 people from louisiana plane tickets and all and then i used a bunch of people in new york as well but i started to go fund me and i raised money to buy to um rent an apartment for you know 10 days oh wow and uh like a big as big as apartment i could get on second on second street and it was like three bedrooms and two baths, which is a mansion for there. Right? Yeah, yeah. Second and what? Exactly. I just want to picture uh, it where between, you are. It was between uh, first and A. Oh, okay. Perfect. Nice. No, I'm, wait, I'm sorry. No, yeah, I think no. it was between first and second. Oh, nice. Yeah, because that bar, yeah. the 2A, is right there on on uh, on uh, second A, which is a, g- a great old bar there anyway. Next to, next to the old DBA, the original DBA, right? It's, it's very right in that neighborhood. Yeah, 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 yeah. And mm-hmm. then you know, the, and then the two boots, which is the original two boots on Pizza Place, Avenue yeah. A. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm real close with them. I've been knowing them for like 20 years, oh, no and uh, so they every day they'd give us one free meal a day. So we'd walk past there, stop, I'll eat pizza, and then go to the stone. So right on. It worked out great. Right on. So, but so, anyway, so you planned all these. You planned this this whole uh, you know 12 uh, unique performances and tell you know so. Yeah. So this recording is 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 one of those with with the uh, the the string noise duo. Exactly, exactly. The first one, well, the first one I released was the Stoned, which was the mm-hmm. out of all the twelve performances. You know, I started with the bands Le Frère Michel. I brought my dad up and Andre. Right. Uh, you know, Lost by You Ramblers, the Vermillionaires, Misha's Melody Makers. We did Mellow Joy Boys, an old project. He Let's Ghost with Zach Smith, photographer. Wow, wow. a duo. Uh, on and on poetry with spider and but a few of them i wanted to do some i wanted to do as much experimentation at the same time as doing what i know Mm -hmm. so one of the one of the sets was complete improv and that was what we called the stoned okay and that was spider and johnny and brian and ryan brasso this our our old partner and uh so that was the first release that was the first lp new electric released in september 2018 and it's been doing really well. Like Euclid sells a bunch. Of, I mean, it's it's been having some really good, very interesting, interesting out there records. Forty five minutes straight of music, no all improv, based on one Cajun waltz that we kind of go in and out of at the beginning and end. Nice. So this is the second release, and this is the string noise, and this is what came out of the four violins doing uh, violent fins tunes, except Gordon Gano wasn't available to come. So I got Layla McCalla to cut them up on cello mm-hmm. and we just, we just kind of merged all of our repertoires and we ended on gone daddy gone about them student. Right. So it's a really cool mix of like Layla's Haitian stuff, some of my Cajun stuff 
and string noises, wild, wild arrangements and compositions. One of them called noise construction that we call Cajun noise construction, where you follow a computer that tells you what key to play in and how to play. And then it changes and you just do these super cool concepts, you know, and, and the result is a very nothing. I was listening to it today, just kind of, you know, trying to work on it. And it was like, man, this is actually, you know, it's hard when you're close to the music like me. If it's your own music, you know how it goes. Sure. So, but I was listening to it today and it's just like, man, this is this is pretty cool. It's so quite beautiful. It's, it's I listened fun. to it today m- myself. And, and, and uh, you know, we always use a track from our guest at the end on the outro. Uh, and, oh, cool. and of all the music I listened to, so much great stuff I could have used, but I thought this is the one I want to use. <laughs> so oh, nice. I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to jump the gun, you know, and, yeah. but, but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that, that's the one I was going to ask you uh, either after the podcast or on it, but uh, uh, might, yeah. might try to twist your arm and see if I could use that one on the outro of this podcast. Uh, yeah, for sure. Because it's, sure. it's quite beautiful. It's, it's uh, you know, it has a lot of like third stream, classical, uh, uh, you know, minimalist, um, you know, uh, attributes to it. Yeah. Um, but, but it's, 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 it's this music, it's, it's so cool, man. It's, it's like so much texture and then it's, you know, it's folkloric. It's the same as, as, as being punk rock and, and also modern, you know, it's, uh, uh yeah, man, that's a, that's a good description. It's really hard to describe this album. <laughs> when, when did you do this album? So this was 2016. So I, rec- so I recorded all 12 shows, Kirkland Middleton, who's now the Ramblers drummer. Uh, was with the Michelle Melody Makers at the time. Uh, he recorded all 12 shows for me. And uh, we, uh, so we've been releasing them one by one. This is the second one. So I have a bunch more, bunch more to release. <laughs> nice. So this was, so when did you release it? Uh, well, this one's coming out Friday, actually. Yes. So yes. It's, that was, was four years ago. What took you so long? Oh, uh, man, that's a good question. Well, it took me two years to start the label. Right. And then I did one in 18. I was supposed to do one last year, but I didn't get around to it. So, you know. You know, like like Paul Masson would, or, or like uh, what's the guy? Uh, you know, like uh, we'll we'll serve no no wine before it's time, right? I don't know. Yeah. You know what I'm talking <laughs> that, about, hey, Manny. That is that's a good one. I like that. Um, well, and, and, uh, oh God, something I was going to say, I just lost it or just that fast. Anyway, sorry. So listen, when you were touring with Pogatry just a few weeks ago, how were the crowds? Amazing. I mean, well, they were, this is something that I think people have looked forward to for a while because the Pogues haven't played in a long time. Spider's amazing. Kata Reardon has her own charisma and yes. following lost by ramblers you know so and you get all this in one show and it's just like really really fun show we even got to do world cafe live nice. and uh two of the shows were sold out and the other two had i think at least 400 people and uh man really really fun and really great crowds and you know, it's kind of funny because I was thinking like we had an amazing I had I mean, I speak for myself, but I, I think we had an amazing Mardi Gras this year. And this was, it was the deadly tour. Mardi Gras, though. Well, the deadliest <laughs> ever. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, true, Manny. Well, <laughs> true I mean, enough. Uh, yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, I guess it, whether or not you're talking about Corona, there's always someone that dies on Mardi Gras. But I mean, yeah, there, we all die that. a little bit but, uh, on Mardi Gras. So. Yeah, but yeah, it wasn't a great Mardi Gras, and we had a great tour. I mean, who knows if Sublimity we knew? Like, I kept thinking, like, man, this is a really good Mardi Gras. Why? Yeah, do we, do we yeah. Could you feel it? the the, the pre-apocalyptic tension? Really? <laughs> yeah, pro- probably so. And oh, actually, speaking of, I'm glad you mentioned that because we played the Apocalypse Ball for Mardi Gras. I don't know if y'all are familiar with that. No, I'm not. It's uh, the Louisiana Himalayan Association. Hmm. I've played it a lot over the years. This guy uh, from Catahoula started this Himalayan. Himalayan. Yeah, Louisiana Himalayan Association. He goes to India for half the year, and he's a wow. Cajun Buddha dude. He's awesome. He's a Swami. Gidry, and is he a Swami? Yeah, he's a but he's man. I mean, it's it's not like you think, but yeah, he he has this big compound of houses on Rendon Street in Mid City, and he oh, throws this nice. apocalypse ball every year, and it's the wildest outdoor party it is amazing okay and every time i hear the word compound i think of jim jones and cult leaders <laughs> yeah well that's, you know? yeah so i'm staying away from that man. that's fine i okay. understand that <laughs> but you should come at least to this party you might not ever no leave. i don't go out you don't know me Louis. i don't go out <laughs> Yeah, Manny's Manny Manny's is has been way ahead of the curve on the social distancing here. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I don't I don't go out either. Actually, if I'm not working, but uh. <laughs> yeah, you're out there in the country. You're but, already but, socially distanced. But, but we recorded this year's performance, and so I'm, I'm I've actually been trying my hand at mixing on Pro Tools, mm, okay. and I mixed some of the recordings, and we released them with Lost by Ramblers as a special uh, COVID release. We're calling it Lost by Ramblers Live from the apocalypse nice ball. nice nice you guys always have so much product coming out because you just when when andre was on a few months ago you had the you know the 20th anniversary uh live record you know that that uh, astur record that that you'd recorded yeah. at a whole bunch of different venues in in the new yeah. orleans area and, and uh so you guys always have so much so much content coming out i love that man Man, yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 great. It's you know, we've been doing it a long time, so it's not like definitely didn't happen overnight. I mean, there was years and years of just pure sweat that uh and now you know it's like now it's the trick is trying to keep up with all the momentum and so but this is good. This is a good time to try to get, you know, cuz there's always much more you want to do than you can as musicians. You know, I think we all strive in a way as musicians sure. to try to produce more music in the studio, but we have to just tour and play live and it's, it costs to go in the studio. So, you know, it's like that. We'd love to be able to just sit there and create, but we can't afford to because we got to make money by playing gigs. Right. And which is it's a great it's a great problem to have but you know it's, sure. it's an interesting balance well you know and 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 these days like the idea of releasing recorded music it's like well yeah you you like the idea of making something new but then the the venues to to release stuff while they're they're very more numerous than ever they it also it's it's a a very flat kind of thing you know it's like, like tom petty talks about well when he first got a record deal ho- hardly anybody made a record so if you got to make one it really stood out now everybody wow, makes a record yeah. so yeah. so 
to, totally. to, to be able to make a record and, you know, be releasing it in a way that, you know, you guys have, have some clout, you have, uh, you know, a track record. Yeah, and, but nobody buys records anymore. Well, that's they true. That's track true. No, that, yeah, no, from a it's, record. it's true. Or they don't even buy a track. Yeah, they don't even buy <laughs> yeah. the track. Yeah, they just listen. It's hard enough to get them to listen to a record that has track. eight songs on it and only people are going to listen to one of them. If you're lucky. Because they have that choice yeah, yeah, now. lucky. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, I mean... Well, that the, the funny thing about it is, no one buys music. I mean, it's, it, people buy a lot less music, but they will support artists they like by buying a record, a vinyl record, or a CD or download. I mean, yeah. but most part, they just stream. But yeah, you're competing with thousands of releases a day, and uh, this is actually the whole reason I started this label was because. I just see myself and other musicians put all this time and effort into making an album and then just to kind of like throw it out into the world and it just gets swallowed up like mm-hmm. a drop in the bucket, you know? Right. And and so I, I made this label to, to try to build something for longevity and, and for obscure music that I like that never had, you know, it's like if you release something like this on a random day, like, how do you get the world to see? Nobody well, would ever know. That's right. Yeah. So I've kind of had to build this larger uh, platform, mm-hmm. you know, and I have like Howard. The, the way you who, get your music heard is putting it to pornography. Okay. Oh, All man, right. That's the way you get your music heard. Yeah, yeah, get a release this on Pornhub. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, if you, man, yeah, that's a great. Yeah, yeah, idea. yeah. yeah. Pornhub. I need a Pornhub well, I, release. I need to get single. my Wawa back out. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think we may have. Re- I think that might be what we call a breakthrough, Louis. <laughs> Conceptual breakthrough here. Meeting of the minds. I think we have a manager called Manny. Uh, Louis Michaud, Manny Chevrolet. Okay, I think we could put this all together. Well, Louis, you know, Manny, it's, this is kind of feels like a podcast here. All right, uh, Louis, yeah. do you have any, any final thoughts? Any anything you want to uh, you know tell the the troubled nation here as we as we man, you know, um, wind it down? Well, I guess while we're at it. Just- I will just say, mention my, my fourth release, not this month. It's going to be next month. We decided to okay. push it back a little bit. But right. it's special because it's um, Goldman Thibodeau and the Lawtel Playboy. He's an 87-year-old Creole accordion player who I play in his band. Wow. That sounds like my lawyers. Really? <laughs> Goldman Thibodeau. <laughs> it uh, does yeah. kind of sound like your lawyer, actually. He might be your lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that that's the last release we're doing this string i mean there'll be more but anyway so that's gonna be coming out it's we recorded at his family reunion hmm. uh last year and uh really cool record so that's the last but no otherwise man it's been a fun fun conversation and hey it's something nice to do during this whole isolation time you know so uh it's 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 interesting how busy my schedule's gotten all again you know it got like nothing and then now it's like live stream podcast interview is great because we continue doing what we love so thank y'all for that opportunity oh man thank you so much for the future it is man no yeah no i agree i've been busier than ever man (laughs) i can't even watch television anymore (laughs) (laughs) yep amen well thank you so much tell me go ahead you can tell me what what movie that's from i'll give you a hundred dollars Nope. Wave of the future. I, I'm. I gotta. I. I, I gotta. Uh, the wave uh, of the future. 
Let me Google it. Wave of the future. Uh, no, no, that's the cheating, Louie. You can't do that. <laughs> that's, the, that's the guessing of the future. Well, Louie, thank you. Thank you, you so much. Definitely, y'all, Renee. Man, uh, so you know, give give our, our love to your brother and Spider, and uh, you know, in the troubled nation, we always like to say, to Kate, uh, give my love to Kate, to to Cat, yeah, yeah, don't, yeah. Don't call her that. Don't call her Kate. She'll pop you. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, got to be Cat or or that's Rocky. What, that's what I'm looking. That's what I'm hoping yeah. for. Yeah, he, he's oh, yeah. trying to trying to draw some fire off a of cat. <laughs> Rocky, coach, Rocky, as coach, she knows. Coach, coach, coach. Yeah, coach. Just say okay. Rocky. Just say Rocky. Rocky or yeah, Mrs. Yeah. Costello. Okay, well, oh, don't, probably probably not, don't. Not, probably, not that's act, not a good not one either. For a foot of the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Louie. Well, you know, in the, yeah, in the yeah. troubled nation, we always like to say, uh, trouble never ends. The struggle continues. The struggle continues, oh. Louie. Thank you. Good night. See you on the other All side. Right. right on. All right. Good night. Good night. Good night.